three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Humble host Hunter here. I've got a review for, I will say, maybe my biggest surprise film this year. I'd probably say. Um, I've got a review here for Vacation Friends, which is directed by Clay Tarver. You know, Clay Tarver, he was the writer of Joyride with uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Steve Zahn and Libby Sobieski. I actually like jo- Joyride. Uh, I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun little thriller. Uh, but he also was a producer on uh, on Silicon Valley, which I do think it's a little long in the tooth by the time it's all said and done. But maybe the first two seasons are some of my favorite seasons of TV in the last decade. I am a big fan of Silicon Valley. But this movie stars Lil Rel... I'm just going to call him Lil Rel because Lil Rel Howery, it, it, it's too long. Just short it to Lil Rel. Come on. But it stars Lil Rel uh, as Marcus, uh, Yvonne Orji, uh, Orji, <laughs> I think I think that's how you say it. Orji? Orji? I'm going to go Orji. Uh, you know her from uh, as uh, Molly on Insecure, which I've watched some Insecure. I'm not a huge fan of, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even think of the main actress's name uh uh, 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 yeah not a huge fan of her but i think the show's pretty damn good uh isaray i think but stars her uh of course john cena as ron and meredith uh, hagner as uh kyla you recognize her uh from a search party she is uh (laughs) she was the voice of madison bob's burgers and she's missing on Palm Springs, which if you have not seen Palm Springs, please see Palm Springs. And uh, she's on Younger, which actually is a very, very underrated show if you've not watched Younger. So I have to talk about this real quick. John Cena, for as much shit as he got at points for being a wrestler, at points deservedly so, because he won all the fucking time. As much crap as I've given John Cena throughout the years, and I will... I tell him to his face that I think he won too much when he was in WWE. The thing I will always say about John Cena is that when he dives into something, he dives headfirst into it. And no one is ever questioning Cena's uh, work ethic. Cena himself is actually one of the few things in uh, Daddy's Home 2 that actually made me laugh when he's he's, uh, Roger. I actually really liked him in that. And... He's amazing in Bumblebee for a very, you know, template military role. He does bring that John Cena charisma. And something about Cena that I've really started to, I'll be honest, love about him. Not just the fact that he was in the uh, Johnny Karate uh, Super Awesome Musical Explosion show episode of Parks and Rec, which I think is the best episode of the last season, by the way. But John Cena is very okay with making fun of himself. Uh, while WWE has done some dumb things very recently, including the whole NXT reboot, which God help us all, 
his turn as a Laxa, uh, as a Lance uh, Catamaran in a Southpaw reg- uh, regional wrestling. If you haven't seen that, you're a wrestling fan. I highly recommend. It really shows John Cena's comedic chops, and I think he's a damn good voice actor. He's one of the few characters in Doolittle I actually kind of gave a shit about, and he's great in Ferdinand as well. But what I love about Cena is when he goes R-rated, it tends to work really well. Uh, his turn as Steven in Trainwreck, even though he's in the, only in the first bit of the film, is a genuinely fun turn and really funny. Uh, I've already mentioned Bumblebee, even though it's not R-rated. He's great in that. And then in Blockers, him playing a dad, he's really, really great as Mitchell. And you really actually understand that he just wants the best for his daughter. And it's a really sweet dynamic that is woven throughout the whole film. And as I've mentioned, because I've already harped praise on it, Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad, which just came out. If you have not seen the Suicide Squad, it leaves HBO Max on Sunday. Watch the Suicide Squad. It's fucking amazing. And his turn as Peacemaker, this might be a bit of a hot take, one of the best performances in the last five years. I absolutely love John Cena in that role. So when I heard he was doing another R-rated comedy, I went, oh, I'm really excited to see what this turns into. And Son of a Bitch is one of my favorite comedies all year might even crack my top 10 by the time it's all said and done so i'm gonna kind of dance around quite a bit of this i just kind of want to go over the the main plot so marcus is of course engaged to emily they go ahead and get engaged pretty early on in the film pretty much at the beginning he is going ahead and trying little rel is very much like my partner he likes he likes to have everything planned out he's very organized in that sense which which, Alea, I love you, uh, but he's very organized to the T, wants to make sure, you know, this is set up here and this is set up here. Plus, he is trying to, you know, get the love of his life to agree to marry him. So I understand why he's a little stressed, but he goes ahead and calls this incredible hotel down in Mexico, I want to say. And I love the fact that the guy who picks up the phone <laughs> even brings up the fact that this Marcus and he goes yeah how'd you know he goes yeah you've called enough you've called in enough times I recognize your voice and I just thought as insane as that is I thought that was incredibly sweet and the engagement of course does not go as planned because why would it they walk into the hotel room and it's just completely trash and the ceiling has caved in with water and it's because we come to find out uh Ron and uh Kyla Got a little wild in the in the hot tub, and the water might have, you know, gone ahead and hit the floor and just gone ahead and seeped through and fucked up their ceiling. And so here's my biggest I don't even want to say it's a complaint, because it's it serves it serves the story. But the biggest compliment I think I can give this film is that you feel like it's gonna go one way and it kinda goes another. And when I say it from that sense, Marcus and Emily are pretty fucking stuck up. And and I'll be the one to say it, as a person of color, I really was sitting there going, I kind of hate both of you. <laughs> like, you both kind of suck. And you're both up your own asses. And I understand, yes, I mean, having your hotel room fucked up, oh my god, I would be, I'd be fucking livid. But Ron and Kayla go ahead and go, hey, go ahead and stay in our room. 
you know, don't even worry about it. We'll give you like, uh, you know, we'll give you like the master bedroom. Like they are being as cordial and as sweet as you would imagine. And honestly, even though they fucked up the room, I mean, they really don't have any obligation to have them stay with them. So I actually was pleasantly surprised in the way they kind of wove that in. And so they end up having this incredible, incredible fun time uh, with each other. I want to say they say it's like, uh, I, I, they say it's either five days or it's a week. I think they say it's a week. And basically, <laughs> Ron and Kyla are just these incredible, awesome hippies. Basically, that's what they are. Uh, Ron is, you find out, is a, is a, uh, I, I, like a park ranger. And then Kyla works at a, works at a high-end dentist, uh, a doctor's office. And when you find out their jobs and how they're so, you know, carefree and just, you know, kind of, kind of wild, you are kind of surprised, like, oh, wow, this is, you know, like, you guys are really showing out. But when you think about their jobs, it makes sense because their jobs, from the way they do describe them, they feel pretty fucking stressful. So when you go, oh yeah, this would be one of those things you go, oh, this actually makes sense that you would be this, you know, intense. I really just love the camaraderie between the four of them. And when the four of them are on screen, that's when the film's at its best. I would say John Cena and Marcus, that might be, uh, or uh, Ron and Marcus, that might be my favorite relationship in the whole film because and and, I, and I'll okay, I will go here because why not? I'm about to go on vacation, so why the fuck not? Marcus has just kind of been beaten down by Harold, who is going to be his uh, soon to be his father-in-law. He doesn't feel like Marcus is good enough for Emily, and obviously, you know, no dad's going to feel like any partner that their daughter brings home is good enough for them. I get that. But Harold is damn near a supervillain. Actually, fuck it. He is a supervillain. Him and his wife, uh, Suzanne, who's played by the, oh my god, the still amazingly gorgeous uh, Lynn Whitfield. You, of course, know her, unfortunately, uh, from Medea, Medea's family reunion. Hopefully you know her more from the Josephine Baker story, which if you have not seen that, you really should. It's a fucking incredibly well-done film. But... I love the way that they make these parents fucking pieces of shit. There's a point where Harold is introducing Marcus uh, to to the family at their uh, at their wedding party or at the um, at the wedding wedding recital, and he goes, "Oh, everyone, this is Marcus. He's a construction worker," and he says it was just that just enough stank to know to let Marcus know, motherfucker, I don't like you. And the thing about Marcus, he owns this construction company. He's not a construction worker. He owns the goddamn company. He built it up. He built it from the ground up. And what I, sorry, and I realized my voice just went up like three, just went up. <laughs> but it's insane to me in the best way because Harold is giving Marcus so much shit that I'm sitting there watching at a point going, dude, what is your fucking problem? Like, ease the fuck up. He cares about your daughter, clearly. And Here's the one complaint I'm gonna like the big complaint I'm gonna I'm gonna have against this film. Emily being Marcus's partner, they make it known very early on that Emily's family just looks down on Marcus, and there's really never a point where Emily checks them on that. 
and as a partner, it's like you cannot let you cannot let your partner be abused like that in front of your family. There's no fucking excuse for that. Uh, yeah, you cannot let that happen. It's really frustrating, and that and that is the one thing that even when the film kind of gets to to its end, it never feels like the film adequately addressed that enough. At least for me, some some of y'all might feel different, and that's fine. But it was something I really was sitting there going, I don't like this. And even my partner went, Yeah, she should have been way more, you know, in her parents' face about that. So not crazy about that. So that's my big complaint. Outside of that. This movie's fucking wonderful. I haven't laughed this hard. I mean, the Suicide Squad made me laugh. The Suicide Squad made me laugh hard. But this is a perfect... It, this is going to sound insane. This is kind of a perfect companion piece and kind of a great double feature with the Suicide Squad. I would actually watch these back-to-back. I, I haven't la- laughed this hard in a while. And... I think we can all agree that, you know, coming out of slowly coming out of COVID, get your COVID shot, everyone. I think we can all agree that we could all use some laughs. And considering this is a 20th century film and it's on Hulu, if I had seen this in a theater, I would have been, I would have, if I'd seen this at a low matinee, I would have been like, wow, I wait, I kind of stole money from y'all because of how much I laughed. If I saw this at full price, I would still say, yep, I stole money from y'all. I just, I adore this movie. There, there, so, there are multiple gags in this. I don't want to go through all of them because, again, I really do want people to discover this for themselves. There's this point early on when we're introduced to Ron and uh, Kyla that Ron is driving this jet ski. Kyla's hitting, hitting a bowl. <laughs> hitting, hitting a bowl while Ron is driving this jet ski and I uh, riding this jet ski and I just went, this is the couple I'd hang out with. I would get I would get drunk as hell with them. There's a point where they go ahead and they just go on this giant bender and we get this great montage. There's a point where they're down in they're down in uh I, I can't remember where I think they go to Tijuana. I can't remember exactly, but but they go watch some uh some some uh some some wrestling. They go and see some luchadors. And John Cena, you know, being a former professional wrestler, actually he, what am I talking about? He just wrestled a couple weeks ago, but you know, getting his start in pro wrestling, Cena goes, oh, wrestling, anybody could do that. That's easy. And I just went, <laughs> okay, like, all right, movie, I appreciate that. The, the movie just has gags. Uh, this has so many gags. I'm just going to go through a couple quotes that I, I'm going to completely provide no context on. But you're going to hear the line and go, wow, that's actually really funny. There's this point where John Cena goes, Without planes falling from the sky, water slides don't get built. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, okay. But Cena is almost like this this sage stoner. He just has this very chill vibe to him. Him and Kyla both do. Uh, Ron and Kyla both do. And that was probably the thing the most that I just went, I want to hang out with these people. And when Marcus and and Emily inevitably, you know, have a fight with Ron and Kyla, because of course they would. When they inevitably have their fight, they really come across like incredible assholes. And I appreciate, that is one thing I will give the film. The film really does check them on the fact that, look, Ron and Kyla, you know, they bailed your asses out. They gave you, you know, they gave you a place to stay for a week, you know. And they, of course, have the whole, like, hey, this was so much fun. Like, let's get your numbers. And 
Marcus and Emily go ahead and blow them off. And so when they show up and crash the, the wedding reception, in the movie's kind of like, uh-oh, well, you know, they showed up. My thought was, yeah, if they had called them and not been shitty people, they wouldn't be in this fucking predicament. So I wasn't feeling sympathy for Marcus or Emily at all. But I, but to the credit of the film, I think the film is smart enough to realize that, yeah, Marcus and Emily aren't exactly saints here, so we're not going to go ahead and, you know, we're not going to go ahead and just kind of absolve them from all this. There are many quotable, uh, there are mo many quotable lines in here. There is a plot thread that goes all the way, uh, all the way through the film, uh, from the time they party that I went, I'm, I'm impressed you brought this up. Okay. Where are you going to go with this? And where it does end up, I went, that's really cool. And it's actually really sweet. But given the consequences of what happens, I appreciate that you're actually not just brushing it to the side. And you can probably put together what it is. But once that thread is introduced, I actually really appreciate uh, I actually appreciate the film uh, even more. There is a scene that they tease in the trailer of uh, of uh, Marcus and Ron tripping on what's called Devil's Dick, which is like the most potent mushroom. And they, the way they shoot the, the uh, them tripping is so intense. And there's something involving a dog and hunting. And I won't give away the gag, but you think they're going to do this one thing and then they don't. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, thank God. And, it, <laughs> and it's it's a laugh in itself because you realize how dark it would have been if they followed through on this shit. But it's it's one of these movies that the more I think about it, the more I just I the more I laugh. Uh, the they show it in the in the trailer, but the whole scene of Ron shooting the glass bottle off of Marcus's head, that whole scene is so fucking perfect. I was dying. I went, yep, this is a great fucking movie, and that's only fifteen minutes in. Also, also. Thank you so much for being a comedy and not being two fucking hours. I cannot express enough how much that is one of my peeves. If you've listened to the podcast, you know it's a peeve of mine. I think the film's, I think it's like an hour, I don't know, maybe an hour 45-ish, something like that. It's not, it, like, again, hour 43. Wow, I was close. It's, it's, not, it's not super long. And that's the thing I have to say about the film, too. Uh, I'll say phrasing ahead of time. I didn't feel the length of this. This is paced really well. You know, we get some insane hijinks early on, and it really does keep its rhythm, even when there's slower parts with the family, and it's more, you know, of everyone talking, not just, the, you know, our two couples. The big thing I will say, too, we find out something about Marcus later on in the film, near the end and when you figure this out and when the film tells you it's one of those goddamn marcus is a good person it's one of those things that i just went i love that you put this in here and i love the fact that it shows what a good person marcus is and it explains very much so why he is the way he is as far as being so meticulous and needing everything to be organized and everything I have, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, I have genuine just adoration for this film because it's so hard to do an R-rated comedy with some heart. And this has a lot more heart than I really think a lot of people will expect. And the whole being black classism 
aspect of it. You know, these bougie black folks who have made it and say, oh, you're just a construction worker. You you haven't made it like us. That is a plot thread that, while explored, I if they could have explored a little more, it wouldn't have bothered me. But it's definitely there because Marcus's folks, you know, they're more, you know, they're not bougie at all. And, you know, they're, they're street, as Emily's parents would probably say. Actually, they would say that shit. I think they do say that shit. But I love that dynamic, and I really like that the film does explore that as well and doesn't just leave that on the sideline. But getting my final thoughts here, I, I don't think I can... You know what? Actually, fuck it. I'm going to go fan-fucking-tastic on this. I, for a comedy that made me laugh this hard, yeah, this is a fan-fucking-tastic. Because I was going to go an A and... I, so I got a screener for this like 10 days ago. I've probably watched it already twice. No, three times. Because I watched it once with my partner and I've watched it twice since. So yeah, I've watched this four times already. So yeah, this is a fan-fucking-tastic. I've watched Suicide Squad four times just to put in perspective. And I did do a double feature of this and the Suicide Squad. And it's a great double feature. Highly recommend. But yeah, I had so much fun with this. This is a blast. It's on Hulu. Watch it. It is well worth your time, and you will you will cry at a couple of points. I laughed multiple times where I was just tearing up, but I had so much fun with this movie, and we're getting a sequel. So, hell yeah. Apparently, it's the biggest uh, three-day... Oh, wow. It's the biggest three-day weekend opening for an original film in its streamer's history, which I think was... I think the record for that was Palm Springs. That's really saying something, because I adore Palm Springs. So... Yeah, absolutely love this movie. Fan-fucking-tastic. But everyone, vacation friends, have you seen it? What do you think of it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, and TuneUp, to name a few spots, at The Real Pineapple. And don't forget to like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. I'm going to be hopping on Twitch. I decided, I determined I'll be hopping on Twitch in October because I'm going to be talking some Halloween movies. And I'm going to be streaming Resident Evil 4, which I am stoked to be streaming that. That's going to be the first game I ever stream. So uh, go ahead and follow uh, our pages so you know I'm going to go live. But everyone... Thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up here next week because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the review, I am on vacation officially now. So I will have reviews up, though, next week for uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm stoked to see that. I might actually see that while I'm on vacation, but we'll see. And uh, we'll have some other stuff as well. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Take care of each other. Wear your mask. Get your shot if you haven't yet, for Pete's sake. And we'll talk to you soon.